Your fever is high and the pressure to log in at work is too. But when you finally decide to take care of you, there's Instacart. Just because that one perfect coworker of yours is attending all meetings, camera on while she's sneezing, coughing, and aching, doesn't mean you have to do the same. Take it from us. Trying to stay on top of things will only get you further behind. Instead, get everything from tissues and teas to cough suppressants and comforting soups delivered through Instacart in as fast as 30 minutes. If anyone needs anything, they can just redirect their questions to that one perfect coworker. Worker of yours. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Jacob Albrock. Tommy Kester. This is Sports Daily on Wichita's number one sports radio, 97.5 and 1240 KFH. All right, welcome in everybody. Sports Daily on a Thursday, a big, crowded, jam-packed Thursday uh, it was a rough day in Manhattan yesterday on a couple of different fronts. One before we went on the air and one after regarding the Naquan Tomlin situation. We'll get into that. Uh, we've got our betting insider, Chelsea Messenger, joining us a little later in this hour. Top of the next hour, Tim Fitzgerald. Good timing for Fitz as we've got this Tomlin situation to navigate. We've got the Colin Klein situation to navigate. All kinds of stuff to go over with fits we'll do that a little bit later in the show as well uh, we have massive day of giveaways we've got tickets to all kinds of stuff for you we've got movie tickets uh, we've got lights tickets we've got music tickets turnpike troubadours it's a concert i'm excited about that's coming up uh at interest bank arena new to our giveaway list we've got shocker basketball tickets for the game against south dakota state this weekend so we'll be giving stuff away constantly uh, just keep your finger on that ihop hotline at 869-1240 um, it'll be good jacob albrock tommy caster here with you we've also got thursday night football which you can hear uh, from westwood one right here on kfh and on the odyssey app you can tune into kfh tonight for thursday night football patriot steelers simply download the odyssey app and search for kfh at kickoff we'll get into that from a betting perspective with chelsea in just a little bit i haven't looked at the line yet but i it feels like even if it's like 13, the under's a good play on there. Uh, Tommy, how are you this morning? I'm good. good. I'm good. You were going through all the giveaways we had. I'm wondering, do you feel like Santa Claus today? Like, you're giving away all of these presents and gifts and everything. Like, I mean, you're basically the, you're basically Chris Kringle here on the show. We got our finger on the pulse of a lot of different things happening around town. And one of our favorite things to do is to give stuff away. And we'll keep doing that as much and as often as we can. Well, we just want to say thank you to everybody, all our listeners, for tuning in. You can call in. You can send us a message on our video streams, by the way, Facebook, YouTube, and Twitch. You can find us there as well each day. Um, Tommy, the the news of the night and the day uh, after we left the air was Naquan Tomlin. So I, I, TJ Cleland for us at KWitch, he he was there, and he was telling me about the student section 
chanting, essentially, to free Naquan Tomlin as Tomlin is sitting on the bench, and it was kind of awkward and everything else. And I'm like, wait, Tomlin was on the bench with the team? He's like, yeah. I was like, oh, that's interesting. That's got to be a good sign, right? A sign that things are progressing well and, you know, going through. Well, then yesterday, so that was on uh, Tuesday night. Then yesterday, we get word that there is a student protest outside of the president, uh, outside of his house. And I was like, huh, all right, that's uh, that's interesting. Well, then we get word that Naquan Tomlin stopped by Richard Linton's house in the protest. And I was like, that's a pretty bold move, but okay. And then we get the weirdest, strangest email from Gene Taylor saying they're not allowed to talk about this situation, but now they are allowed to say that Naquan Tomlin can no longer be a part of the team. And an awkward, like, passive-aggressive, we want what's best for Naquan Tomlin, but we continue to... He, look, I don't know what happened, and I need to hear from Jerome Tank. The fear now is, of course, that K-State's president, Richard Linton, got his feelings hurt, as university administrators tend to do, uh, got his feelings hurt and basically booted Naquan Tomlin off the team, went above Gene Taylor and Jerome Tang's head, made Gene Taylor be the fall guy, right? And now there's real concern among K-State faithful that it's going to drive Jerome Tang away. That's like the that's the doomsday scenario here. And it doesn't seem all that unlikely to me, by the way, uh, as a personal aside opinion, just because I've dealt with high-level administrators like presidents and those kinds of – I'm not sure there are bigger egos that exist in the professional world. No offense if any are listening right now. It's just my own personal experience. Uh, so I don't know what's going on here. Uh, and I say this with a smile on my face because I can't believe it, but I can believe it because I've seen this kind of thing before. I've seen great coaches get run off because administrators have their feelings hurt. I've seen, like, all kinds of stuff. So as I see this happen, I'm like, eh. Yeah, I could see it. You know, the fear that K-State people have right now. I'm like, oh, yeah, I could see it. I, I don't know what's going on. I need to hear from Jerome Tang. Like, is Tang good with all this? That's what I want to know. Like, is it, it's going to really suck for them to not have Naquan Tomlin this year. I think Naquan Tomlin, it, it, if it was a bar fight with a bouncer, right, if that's really what happened and it was disorderly conduct and the legal system's playing itself out and that's all it was, this is ridiculous. You know, if it's more than that, we need to know that. And more important than anything, we need to know that Jerome Tang was okay with this decision, or is he going to be furious that one of his best players, who he cares for clearly, was just kicked off the team because of pettiness by a university president? I need to hear these things. There's no way in hell Jerome Tang is okay with this. Not a chance. It wouldn't make any sense, not based on what we've heard. And the reason why is because Jerome Tang prides himself on disciplining and, and teaching his players in his way and having control over his program. We've seen that countless times over the course of the short tenure that Jerome Tang has had in Manhattan. He's done that this season. Will McNair didn't play in a game last week because I believe he skipped class and didn't go. And Jerome Tang held him out of a game. Like Jerome Tang has extremely high standards, but Jerome Tang leads that program. Not Richard Linton, not the president of the university. It is Jerome Tang's program. And I there I don't see a scenario whatsoever where Coach Tang is in support of this decision. Well, 
No, I do. I do think that it's possible. A couple of things. One, if you're being told, like, you have to be on your absolute best behavior and don't screw this up. And then you show up to a protest at the president's house. That's a bad decision for Naquan Tomlin. Like you're poking the bear at that point, right? If the president is the person who's had control of this the whole time, and that's what we're trying to figure out is like who who wanted this suspension to still be in place? That that's the part we don't know. But let's just say you're Jerome Tang. You're like Naquan. You got to be on your best behavior. That was a very stupid thing you did, and you've got to earn it back. And then you show up to the you know to the people that are concerned about your behavior and basically wave it in their face as the students are protesting. That's a stupid decision on Naquan Tomlin's part. And so Jerome Tang could be like, dude, I told you, best behavior, bad decision. Like, what am I supposed to do here? Like, I I think that possibility but, certainly. But you exists. still have a scenario where the president of the university is undermining the head coach of the program, right? Maybe, maybe. Unless the president said, hey, here's the situation. Like, I already want to kick him off. He's got to be on his best. Like, if if there was clear communication to here is the thing that needs to happen and then it didn't happen, that's one thing. The other thing is, like, the, at some point, and I know that it's being, like, oddly shrouded in, like, trying to use NCAA and federal rules nah. to, to say we can't tell That's you crap. what happened. That's okay. Crap. Well, we know what the police say happened, yeah. right? And we know – so it was disorderly conduct. If if it was another student involved in the fight off campus, that's one thing. But that we're not getting any indication by firsthand accounts or anything else that it was that. It was that it was a scuffle that ended up with a bouncer, right? Again, bad decision. Dumb decision. Can't do that. Is it worth getting kicked off the team? Absolutely not. So, you know, I, I think that we just need to hear. For, and I'm just trying to lay out different scenarios. I already told you what I think the most likely scenario is, you know, based on experience, reading between the lines and things. But I can also tell you Twitter is a very bad place to try and get real uh, emotion. You got a small group of people, sometimes with large megaphones, making proclamations that may not be true. That happens all the time. So I need to hear from Jerome Tang on this. Like, is Tang but, on but board or not? I will say that one of those people that has the really loud megaphones that's talking about this a lot is the guy that we're going to have on the program next hour. I mean, Tim Fitzgerald has been very that. open about this. Yeah, and, 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 and I'll very, talk to Fitz about He's that. been very blunt about his assessment of the situation and about how the president of Kansas State undermined Jerome Tang. Yeah, okay. You can, you can but get, let me— well, I just want to say Fitz, you can, Fitz in one of his tweets said, let me be blood. I have not talked to Gene Taylor. So he's he's making it as clear as he can that this your guesses on his part, too. And I don't want to treat guesses as fact. But you can so also I'm trying to lay out any, different scenarios. Any reasonable, logical person can connect the dots with the things that Jerome Tang has said throughout this suspension of Naquan Tomlin. He said things like we're treating it as a season ending injury. We just you know, we don't know. Does that sound like a coach that that he's the one that's made that decision? No, like in retrospect, looking back on it, this is a decision that was made over his head. And Jerome yeah, Tang you're is just saying like, that as fact. Yeah. And, I, and no, you're saying that as fact. In and we just don't know that that's fact. It's logical to connect the dots that way. Am I assuming something? Sure. I mean, absolutely. But it's it's laid out in front of us in the way that this is all went down. Maybe I'm wrong. I doubt it. 
I think this is the way that this went down because you can connect the dots and read between the lines pretty easily on this. Yep, you can. I don't want to speak things as truths that we are. I, I want to make. I just want to make it really. I'm giving, I'm giving I want to make it clear to people. I know. No, I'm giving I know. my but, opinion but on what I think happened. I don't know. Have as a to fact. understand that. That these are our opinions, right? That's why I need to hear from Jerome Tang. I, I just want to make sure listeners don't have us like, you know, I, I don't want this soundbite of like us saying, well, this is what, because I'm not reporting just, on anything. I'm telling you what I, know, I think I happened. I, I don't live I, in I, Manhattan. I was, I wasn't at the president's house. I'm following along right. with it, but I'm also an intelligent enough person. I think, I mean, I might be limited intelligent, but I'm, I'm intelligent enough to, I, I think be able to discern at least a likely scenario that probably went down here. I'm going to call it a possible scenario, not a likely scenario, because I don't have enough of the information firsthand. Every ounce of information I have on this, other than what we've heard from Jerome Tang and in the email from Gene Taylor yesterday, is secondhand information, right? The only thing firsthand we have is what Tang has said and what Gene Taylor said yesterday. What Gene Taylor said yesterday is very out of character for Gene Taylor. Gene Taylor is typically a very forthcoming and a very open book kind of person. And yesterday's statement was very, uh, very doctored up basically by a, by a university's communications Absolutely. department. 100% it was. If, if people have listened to me on this show, you know how I feel about that stuff. I have raked Wichita, stayed over the coals over the years for acting that way. I have praised K-State mostly, and KU often for their front-facing nature to these types of things and getting out in front of them. And that's not what's happening now, and that's what makes this all so strange. Like, for the university at the top levels to never say a word about Naquan Tomlin and then all of a sudden step in and be like, well, we've been a part of this all along, that doesn't jive. That doesn't make a lot of sense. And so I want to – Jerome Tang has been the mouthpiece for this punishment, whether it was his decision, which up until yesterday, Tommy, I thought it was. We talked about Jerome Tang's standards all the time. But in retrospect, going back and hearing the way that he's been talking about this with the knowledge of what happened yesterday – Okay, then at that point, like, man, like some of the things he did say as far as like we're treating it like a season in the injury. We don't know. Like we don't know how it's like, okay, well, if you're the guy that's in charge of, you know, the standards and 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 the decisions like that, then then how do you how do you not know? And and I didn't question it at the time because I didn't really think much of it. Now after what happened yesterday, okay, yeah, right. it starts to make a lot more sense. And that's where I draw that conclusion. The other thing, I mean, you're talking about what we can't do on this show. The other thing we can't do on this show is just sit back and say, well, since we don't really know the facts, we're not really going to talk about it. No, no, no. Like we can no, draw. Absolutely we not. can draw our own conclusions. I just want people to know which this. is which. Yeah, right. We can draw. I just want people and, and, to, and look, to understand that. You know, I, I'll be the first to admit I'm not a journalist. I know you are. I'm not a journalist. Like I'm going to go ahead and draw my conclusions on what I think most likely happened, even though I don't have sources I'm citing. I, all I'm doing is I'm gathering the information that I'm reading that's public. And I'm drawing my own opinion and conclusion off of it. If I'm wrong, I guess I'm wrong. But I think in this scenario, it's pretty easy to understand what's happening right now. It's a really thing. We were going through scripts yesterday as this information and news was all breaking. And it's like, all right, so we've got to like just present the facts as we know them. But at the same time, it is important to 
to provide some perspective sometimes as reporters to the situation and why it's odd, right? Like what makes this unique? What makes this strange? And so trying to do that yesterday was really difficult because, you know, like had Gene Taylor been at the forefront of all the Naquan Tomlin stuff from the beginning, what happened yesterday wouldn't have been that weird, but he hasn't been, right? right? And when you see Naquan Tomlin on the bench, you're like, he's progressing. Maybe he'll and be back never soon. Concerned. He's with the team right now. I was never concerned about Gene Taylor not being involved in the process because Jerome Tang has always been the guy in charge of those standards, right? So it never it never like struck me as odd that Gene Taylor wasn't involved before no. yesterday. And then yesterday happens and I'm like, whoa, okay. Like this I, is I, coming let, from the athletic director who's not been involved in this. I'll present another observation. I have no doubt Gene Taylor's been involved in it. He just hasn't Publicly. been at the forefront of Publicly. the communication in it. Yes. So I, I, if, if I'll, I'll, an observation here, if Jerome Tang has been talking about this from the beginning and something had changed, Jerome Tang would be the one to talk about it again. If <laughs> Jerome Tang's not going to say, hey, Gene Taylor, will you say this for me? Right. Yes. Like I, 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 you know, so draw the conclusions that you need to draw. You can easily draw them. They're right there. This in is front. coming yes, from the president Absolutely. of the university who is undermining his head basketball coach and probably his athletic director at the same time. That doomsday situation that you lined out a few minutes ago, I think is absolutely on the table. If I'm Jerome Tang, why in the hell would I want to continue in Manhattan if I've got a university president who's well, undermining again, my program? Let's say that is happening. I still do think it is a possible scenario that this is why I want to hear from Tang, right? Like, of course, he's, he would be upset if that happened. But again, and 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 look, I've had these situations in work. Like you, you oversee somebody, you like that person, they do something dumb. And you tell them, if you don't stop, I can't protect you anymore. Like, I can't save your job if you keep doing that sort of dumb thing. And they do it anyway, and, you're, and you've got to be like, I, I, I can't help you anymore. I'm sorry. Like, love you, but you did this to yourself. So I do think in all of these scenarios, if Naquan Tomlin was on the absolute thinnest ice and everybody was aware of that, and he made the decision to go thumb his nose in the face of the person that he's trying to convince he deserves to be back on the team. Is that, you but know, is why, that something that would drive Jacob? Why is this in the hands of the university president in the first place? Uh, when a, when a student athlete gets in a fight. What I'm saying is that, yes, like I, I understand, and, and that was in the statement, too, that the university president, when it's misconduct or whatever, has the final say on all of that. But but if, if the importance is Jerome Tang, and Jerome Tang is the head coach of the program, then he, I think at that point, isn't it fair, wouldn't it be fair for the university president to defer to the head coach of the program and say, look, you are the one in charge of the standards on your team, um, and the decisions with discipline and things like that. I understand I'm the final say in it, but I trust you in the decisions that you make. Right. All, 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 mm, I think all situations are unique. So no, I don't. I don't unilaterally agree with that. So, so you may be very well correct in, in Jerome Tang saying to Tomlin, "Look, there's not a whole lot I can do for you at this point, man. You screwed up. You made a bad decision. It's out of my hands." But it, should it have been out of his hands in the first place? I think that's the real question. Uh, it, well, I don't know. I mean, we all would like to not have 
we'd all like that sort of unilateral power, but we, we're not going to get it. He's the head coach of the basketball bosses. program at Kansas I, State I, University. I understand, but he's not he's not the highest authority on campus. So, like, it, it'd be like not having who, – who's the president at KU? I don't even know what The chancellor is. is Doug Gerard. I think that's the equivalent of the university There you president. go. It'd be like it'd be like after Arterio Morris was in trouble, and I'm not equating what happened between these two athletes. Don't misunderstand me, but it would be like th- that situation presenting itself, and then not stepping in to say I'm making the decision. But on this. the bottom line is that in different situations, like if you want to talk about Arterio Morris, and I don't know the in- the inside just information on that, but I what I do know is the way that. Everything was communicated publicly. The PR aspect yeah, of no, it. No, it's everyone it was in lockstep on that. I don't know if that's the way that it was legitimately behind the scenes, but when the decision was made, Travis Goff, Doug Gerard, Bill Self, all in lockstep publicly with the PR element of this. That's not the way that this went down yesterday in Manhattan. Exclude. Yeah, you you can't. I, look, I agree with you. I don't misunderstand what stinks here to me and where. I agree with the masses that this seems really petty and stupid, and I can't believe that this happened this way, and all of those things. I'm just saying I really want to hear from Jerome Tang. Like, really, you know, he's been given two raises by these K-State administrators. I don't imagine that he has a bad relationship with them. You know, like, and and, and again, this doesn't make any sense to Gene Gene Taylor's history. Uh, You know, I I don't... (laughs) We're going to get... A very uh, strong opinion from Fitz. There's no question. He's made that very public and front-facing. I just want to hear from the head coach. That's what I want more than anything right now is to hear from the head coach. I don't know when that's going to happen. They're on the road next. You know, I don't know if he he hasn't put anything out on social media. He hasn't. Here's here's what else. When there's smoke, there's fire, I think. He has done nothing, nothing to publicly support this decision. Not one thing. Not on social media. Uh, not, you know, in a more official capacity, not one thing has been done so far from the head coach to show support for the decision that was made yesterday. That also matters. 869-1240 is the number to call. All right, we're going to take a brief pause from this, so not to fret. We will come back to this because we've got Tim Fitzgerald at the top of the next hour. We're going to look at some betting tonight and this weekend in the NFL with Chelsea Messenger when we return. On the way out, let's give away some tickets. Let's go shocker tickets, Jad. Uh, We've got a pair of tickets to the game against South Dakota State at Interest Bank Arena. Tip-off at 6 o'clock on Saturday. pair of tickets right now to the first caller on the IHOP hotline, 869-1240. We'll be right back. On the line is the host of the Daily Tip and Odyssey Sports Betting Insider, Chelsea Messenger. Insider calls are presented by BetMGM. Go check out all of the latest lines today on the BetMGM app. Also, be sure to check out the Daily Tip podcast for more of Chelsea Messenger analysis. Just search BetMGM wherever you find your podcasts. All right, welcome back in, everybody, to Sports Daily. It is time for our weekly visit with our pal Chelsea Messenger joining us to go over uh, the betting week here, mostly now to the NFL. Uh, Chelsea, I, you know, I don't know what kind of fool we have to be. It's it's Zappy Trubisky. We're going to have Zeke Elliott probably with about 40 carries in this game. 
I, I, this is this is going to be tough tonight. How are you today? Yeah, it feels like they're testing our football fandom, doesn't it? Over the last few weeks, we had some Ugh. really bad games. Uh, most of them involving the Patriots. Uh, I had to witness the Panthers' offense in person. I went to the Panthers-Titans game. Man, that was bad. So I think this is one of those cases where sports betting comes to the rescue because if you ever want to make a game interesting, you put some money on it. You place some bets on it. That is literally the only way that I think tonight's game is interesting. I looked at the line for this game, Chelsea, and it looked like at first that I was maybe on the wrong page and looking at an Iowa Hawkeyes <laughs> game. I mean, the over-under is 30 for this game tonight. Is there an angle with that over-under? Man, primetime unders have been so hot, though. Uh, I believe they're 29-9, and nine, maybe 29-10 and 10 after, uh, I think, the last game. But, but still, it's at 30. Um, it's at 30. Hey, remember last week when you told me that the total was so low on Iowa's point total that maybe there's a chance you take them? Remember I that? I do. I know. I got you. <laughs> so sometimes I, they can't make these numbers low enough. Like, would anybody be shocked if this game ended, you know, 14 to 10? I don't think anybody no. would be shocked. No, no because you got to have probably – I mean, don't you have to have about three touchdowns most likely to get to 30? I, I don't know if we're like three touchdowns in this game. I don't know. But in like out of just pure like principle in the matter, I can't bet unders. I hate doing it. Basically, if I bet the under, I've got to just not watch the game. Like turn it off. Don't don't even watch a second. I don't know how people do, and I get it. Like it's it's I don't know. I, I just want offense. Can we just is that too much to ask? We'll watch another game. That's the thing. You don't have to watch it. You can bet the under and watch a Hallmark Christmas movie. Doesn't matter, you know. Or you could watch, you know, the Pacers and the Bucks. That total, I think, is 255. So if you want to see all there offense, we go. go to the NBA end season tournament. But here's the angle on the Steelers and Patriots game tonight. I don't think there's going to be a lot of points scored, but I do think there are some props worth looking at. Because remember a couple weeks ago when – Everybody was all up about the Steelers' offense. Oh, they got 400 yards of offense. They only scored 16. So, like, I'm not buying into them scoring points, but I do think there's some value maybe in the props market. Anytime there is a backup quarterback, you look towards the receiver that he has the most experience with and the most chemistry and the most reps because, obviously, backup quarterbacks aren't getting the reps that first-team quarterbacks normally get. We saw it kind of with the Bengals. Jake Browning feeding the ball to Jamar Chase because he'd thrown to him the most. I think that's going to be the deal with Mitch Trubisky and Deontay Johnson. When Mitch Trubisky was the starter, every single game he started last year, Deontay Johnson had the most targets of anybody on the team in every single game. Uh, So I think that's the way to go. A number that is very low tonight, 41 and a half receiving yards for Deontay Johnson, who certainly has big play potential. Like Mitch Trubisky's got to throw it to somebody. And I do think you can get some yards on this Patriots defense who is giving up the eighth most receiving yards to opposing wide receivers. So I think that's the way you play it. You don't count on the Steelers to score points. You count on them to at least get some yards here. So I'll go Deontay Johnson over 41 and a half receiving yards for minus 110. Okay, so following up on that, and and you mentioned the difficulty in scoring points, I'm looking at... Uh, odds for anytime touchdown scores and I'm going through the names and obviously there are some injuries on both teams and that sort of thing and I'm looking at maybe Najee Harris or Pat Fryermuth and Deontay Johnson some other names 
Talk me out of this. Tell me that I'm crazy if I throw a little bit of money on no touchdowns being scored at plus 1,400 for the game tonight. Yeah, that's what I was just about to say. Why would you place an anytime touchdown bet in a game that is fully capable of scoring no touchdowns? Yeah. Uh, so either do that or you can look at the field goal kickers. Uh, I'm, I'm trying to remember the name of the Steelers kicker. but Boswell. He's been, Chris Boswell. He's, yeah. he's been busy lately. Uh, so wouldn't be shocked if he goes over his line. I believe it's one and a half, maybe somewhere to look as well. But, man, this game is really testing, uh, you know, if I really truly enjoy football. This is a true test. I will say Pat Fryermuth has been more involved in the offense since Matt Canada has been uh, expelled from Pittsburgh. So maybe somebody to look at as well. Yeah, look, I, I'm with you on the field goal thing, I think. Um, but I'm also with you on, you know, moving on to the next one. So we won't we won't punish ourselves <laughs> anymore with that one. When we look at the weekend in the NFL, there are, you know, we got we've got some headliner games and then sort of some some stinkers to some degree. But there are some really good ones as we look to the NFL this weekend. Let's, I, I guess we can start with the Chiefs, Bills. This feels dangerous. The line has moved toward the Bills, I believe. The Bills are desperate. The Chiefs kind of had a stinker in the last one. What are your initial thoughts on Bills-Chiefs? I'm seeing it at one and a half right now is it for the Chiefs at home. Yeah, the line's moving towards the Bills, or people clearly are putting some money on the Bills. But I'd still be on the Chiefs here. Like, the Chiefs. When's the last time you got Patrick Mahomes at home minus 125 on the money line, just based on value alone? And I'm sure you guys have discussed this. The Chiefs coming off a loss, absolute wagon. 18-3 and three straight up, coming off a loss in the Patrick Mahomes era. So that is enough of a stat for me. And plus, you're going against a Bills team that's been wildly inconsistent. I think the Bills have certainly top-end potential. But when it comes to closing out games, what's the record in overtime? Like 0-6? So if this game is coming down to the wire, which is the team you trust more? Like, yeah, the Chiefs didn't look good against the Packers. But still, I think if I had to trust one side more, it would always be the Chiefs at home and it would always be Patrick Holmes, especially against a Bills team who we don't know what we're getting week to week. So got to be the Chiefs for me. Minus 125 on the money line. I'll take that. So I'm looking at the two quarterbacks in this game, Mahomes and Allen, and, and looking at you know different prop numbers for them. And there's been a lot that's been made of the interceptions that Josh Allen has thrown throughout the course of the season and you know how he's getting a little sloppy from time to time. But honestly, Patrick Mahomes hasn't been super sharp either. And if I'm looking at their interception numbers, you can get plus money right now on Patrick Mahomes throwing over one or one interception or more in the game on Sunday against the Bills. And I'm going back and looking at his game-to-game stats. I mean, he's thrown a pick in five of the last seven games Patrick Mahomes has. I'm thinking because that's plus money, that might be a good bet to make. I guess, but interceptions are not a bet that I like making. Just because, like, what's the top end? Like, maybe two? Like, the bets that I like making are ones that can go over it by a lot. Like, when you play a receiving prop for somebody, take Jamar Chase on Monday night. His line was, like, 50 and a half or something. I think he went over 100 yards. Like, you're not going to see that type of variance on an interception prop. And plus, these have so much chaos attached to them. Because sometimes he'll throw a pick when he's not supposed to. You know, it'll tip off the hands of his receiver and into somebody else's hand. And the same goes the other way. Sometimes it should have been an interception. It hits the defender in the hands, and he drops it. So it just, I'm not a big fan of interception props. I get what you're saying. The value's there and fading, you know, a big-name quarterback. But still, I don't think it's a bet that I'll be making. 
What about Eagles-Cowboys? That's the other headline game this weekend. It, I think, is the highest total of the weekend. You know, you've got two offenses that are chugging. You've got one of the defenses who's really struggled lately. Um, this one, you know, going to live up to the hype, and we'll see a lot of points, and I think it probably will. Yeah, this one's tough because I think there's two very important trends in each way because you look at the Eagles. The Niners were my best bet of the week last week because situationally speaking, the Eagles have been on a gauntlet of a schedule dating back to the first time they played the Cowboys. One score game, that one was close. Then you go on the road to Arrowhead. You have to play the Chiefs, come from behind, win there. Uh, Then after that, you go to overtime with the Bills. Then you get bruised and bloodied up by the, the Niners, one of the most physical teams in all of the NFL. So it just looks like a tough stretch for the Eagles, who are limping into this one. So you look at the Cowboys, you say, okay, the Cowboys are aside. Does anybody want to trust the Cowboys in a big game against a good team? Like, what's their best win this year uh, against the Seahawks at home? Seriously, look at their schedule. I feel like when it comes to good teams, this is not a Cowboys team that I really want to trust. So I don't think that I'm going to play a side in this one. If I had to, I think I, you know, maybe would play the Cowboys. But still, if you think this game is close and you want to put your faith in Mike McCarthy at the end of it, like, no, thank you. I don't think I'm playing a side here. You know, taking a look at futures here for a second, Chelsea, I know a lot's been made, at least in the AFC, about all the injured quarterbacks and the teams that are battling for playoff spots and, and to win their divisions and wild cards and all of that. Do you think there's a play to be made, and it could be in either conference, but I'm looking at the AFC right now, but a play to be made right now on a potential conference winner in the futures market because of the injuries to all the different quarterbacks? Well, I think the not, the NFC to me is still a two-team two team race. Clearly, you just heard what I said about the Cowboys. Yeah. I don't believe in the Cowboys. So right now in the futures market, to win the NFC, the Niners are plus 130. The Eagles are plus 280. You can play both and still win yourself some money because as long as both of those are plus money, like you will win a little bit, like, you know, if either one wins. So I think that's the way to go. You guarantee yourself some money, not guarantee, but still, I think in the NFC, that feels more like a two-team race than the AFC. I feel like there's some variance in the AFC where there are a few other teams that I think maybe could contend. Now that the Bengals are out of the race, maybe the the field gets a little shorter, but I don't know. I feel like the Ravens can hang with just about anybody. I think they're still getting the most value of just about any team. Ravens to win the Super Bowl is 6-1. to one. I think that's probably the best value uh, coming out of the AFC. So I think I'm, I'm pretty strong on the NFC. Not sure who comes out of the AFC. All right, Chelsea, uh, before we let you go, what are some of your favorite bets outside of those big-time headline games that you've got on the NFL weekend? Yeah, I got a couple ones in the NFL. First, let's look at the over between the Bengals and the Colts. I think you're getting a nice little value on the Bengals because they have a backup quarterback, but we saw him in primetime. Jake Browning can throw it around a bit. Uh, maybe he's not going to put up the elite numbers that he put up on Monday night, but still, it's a passing attack that I think can at least score some points. This one's kind of fluctuated because there was supposed to be some weather coming into Cincinnati. Maybe it's not uh, as bad as they thought now. So we've seen it rise from 43-and-a-half to 44. But I think both those offenses can get it going enough to go over that total. Uh, I think Chiefs money line is probably my best bet of the week. Uh, I really like that one quite a bit. And then uh, when do the college football semifinal games start? Because I definitely like some plays in those games. Can we talk about those? Yeah, 
Yeah, let's hit them. <laughs> All right. So first off, going to go with the over in Texas and Washington. I think if I had to pick a side, I'd go with Washington getting the points just because we know Texas defense does one thing very well, and that is stop the run. That's not Washington. What Washington's MO, though. They have a Heisman-level quarterback, and they have three NFL-ready wide receivers. So even if you have one good defensive back, like those other two guys are going to beat you. So I do think Washington scores some points here, and Quinn Ewers has looked fantastic over the past few games as well. I think we see an absolute shootout there. Uh, the other game I'm kind of stumped on because the public is absolutely all over Alabama. We have seen that line shorten from, I believe, two and a half now down to one in some spots. But Michigan's offensive line is so good. And when you can establish the run and really run it down just about anybody's throat, that gives you such a leg up. Uh, but it's hard for me to go against Nick Saban uh, with extra preparation. So I think I'm going to stay away from that one, but I do like the over in Washington and Texas. I believe Steve Sarkeesian certainly will have something prepped for his offense as well with all that extra time. Yeah, and get those lines now because they may move. We get them on January 1st, so we'll have more time to digest it as well. Chelsea, we appreciate it. Uh, suffer through tonight with the rest of us. We'll get there. I like your Deontay Johnson. I like that Boswell. Uh, kicker prop too so uh, we'll see if we can survive until Sunday I guess yeah just check your sportsbook app in the morning you don't have to watch the game there you go all right Chelsea we appreciate it uh, have a great day thanks for having me there goes Chelsea Messenger the host of the Daily Tip and Odyssey Sports Betting Insider Insider Calls presented by BetMGM go check out all the latest lines today on the BetMGM app, let's do another one of our giveaways here. Jad, this time, let's do Wonka. Uh, you can check out the new Wonka movie at Boulevard Theaters in Town West Square. Special sneak peek of the new musical starring Timothy Chalamet at 7 o'clock. That's a week from today, Thursday, December 14th. Pair tickets to the winner right now on the IHOP hotline, 869-1240. Jad will get us a winner. We'll come back with more Sports Daily right after this. All right, welcome back, everybody. It's Sports Daily on KFH. Our thanks to Chelsea Messenger, our betting insider. If you missed any of that conversation, all you have to do is go to the free Odyssey app, and you'll be able to listen back to that for all of her, her, her betting tips and insights for the weekend, Jacob. Yeah, Tommy, it's uh, it's going to be rough tonight. We'll just, yeah. uh, But look, it's not going to be rough because I don't think the game has interesting components to it. It's just going to be rough because the style of the game will be rough, right? Yeah, backups. All, but Pittsburgh's absolutely a playoff contending team, and New England has a pretty good defense. So, like, the game is, it's not like when we have, like, Panthers, whatever, where neither team is any good or anything. I don't, I don't think that's the scenario. New England's not very good, but they're capable, and Pittsburgh's trying to cling to this. It's just the style of the game will be. Yeah. will be tough. I found an angle that uh, I like, by the way, betting-wise for yeah. the game tonight. So I, I believe and, and I agree with Chelsea as far as the primetime unders are concerned. And with this game and with the backup quarterbacks, I mean, I just don't think they're going to score at all. So you can get the Patriots at plus six 
And I think that's fair. I mean, the Patriots are not good, but man, the Steelers don't have uh, Kenny Pickett, obviously, Mitch Trubisky starting. They're banged up, all of that. So you can get the Patriots plus six. And if you bet the under 30 as well, it's kind of a two for one bet. You know, you bet 10 bucks, you get 32 uh, in, in return for that. It's like plus 225 in that two leg parlay. So I kind of like that a little bit at the Patriots plus six and under the over under total. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I don't hate that either. I I can't in good faith bet an under. I don't think, uh, but I could because I'm not terribly inclined. I mean, I maybe I, I like the Boswell kicker prop. Honestly, I kind of um, like and, the no and, touchdown score. Uh, prop yeah, that's well. a fun one. Yeah. That's th- now that one you could take as an under angle and have fun with, yeah. right? Like that one you Stay could get out of on the board end zone. With. Don't score. Nobody get in. I mean, you know. Yeah, parlay the under with Boswell field goals and a no touchdown yeah. score, and you can get some just absurd odds, and then just all bets are off. Yeah, I, I I think you could go there. Okay, so there's more information Tommy sent me during the break. There, I don't know the source of it, but again, it it does serve as a good reminder on the Naquan Tomlin situation that like he wasn't with the team at media days. It was weird before the bar fight. Remember that, and and you know that had slipped my mind to some degree. That's what I mean, like. I just need to hear from Jerome Tang. That's all I need right now is to hear from Jerome Tang. We're going to hear from Tim Fitzgerald. He's made his stance very publicly known yesterday as all this is happening. We'll get his take on it, maybe some reasoning behind it. Maybe he's got some information here this morning. Uh, We'll get into that. We'll get into the Colin Klein piece of the news yesterday in K-State as well. Lots to go over with GoPowerCat.com's Tim Fitzgerald. We'll do that on the other side here. Sports Daily coming right back at you. Daily on Wichita's number one sports radio, 97.5 and 1240 KFH. He's got all the insight of what you want to know and maybe some of what you don't want to know. Here's K-State insider Tim Fitzgerald. All right. Welcome back in, everybody. This is uh, it's been a long time coming over the last twenty four hours. Fitz, welcome back into Sports Daily. Jacob Albrock, Tommy Caster here. Uh, I thought we would spend most of our time time today talking about Colin Klein. We will, uh, but then we get the Naquan yeah. Tomlin situation escalating and dropped into our lap yesterday. You've made your thoughts on this very publicly known. Uh, that you are blaming Richard Linton, right, without the support, really, of the basketball program. Have you talked to anybody in the last 12 hours or so that would give you any clearer indication that there is maybe a divide among the top here on this? Uh, The last 12 hours, it's like every waking hour, I get more information that makes this more disturbing to me um, about a president that, kind of went rogue. I don't know. I mean, it's in his power to do this, but uh, he told everyone he wasn't going to do this. If this was an athletics manner, and then all of a sudden he does intervene, uh, I will say with 100% confidence that that release yesterday um, from Gene Taylor announcing the decision was uh, he was ordered to do. Now, what the consequences for not doing it, uh, or, uh, I don't know if, you know, you'd say no to your boss. I can guess the consequences. Um, but it was a 
it was a CYA moment for the president and kind of sums up this situation about a guy who uh, refused to meet with the student athlete that he was banning from playing basketball at Kansas State without ever meeting the young man. And it, it, it's, this situation is bizarre beyond belief. The last thing I want to do, Fitz, is, you know, pile on to the fan base. This is not the fan base's fault at all, but the select few right. fans that went to the president's residence to protest, those things typically don't turn out very well, right? Like, at what point was do you think there was a thought that, okay, like, this is a good idea for us to go and protest at his home? Because at that point, the president then kind of has to show strength, right? He's not going to cave to some students. He's not going to cave to some fans. You know, he's got to, I guess, maybe do the opposite in that situation, right? Well, let's get some clarification. I, I don't know that anyone actually went to his residence. His residence is on campus, just down the hill from Anderson Hall, the, where he works academically. And kind of to the side, but between those two, is Bosco Plaza, where the um, it's kind of like they're one of their free speech areas. And the video I saw was the, the students were on campus in Bosco Plaza, not really in front of his home. Maybe someone was in front of his home. I don't know, but I didn't see that. Uh, but, again, that is also on campus. So, um yeah, I, you know, these are students trying to help. Um, it, it's amazing. Uh, let, let's back up. Let's back up and say that I shared this information, what was going on um, with my subscribers behind our paywall. Someone took that from behind my paywall and sent it to the president, who then used that as leverage uh, to admonish people who had not spoken to me about this situation, were not my, quote, sources, but they felt threatened by the university president for even talking to a reporter at any. I don't, I don't understand, you know, why he decided that was the point of escalation, but um, I, I don't know about the protests. They will continue. This is not over uh, for the university president. Um, and I think it just takes on a new phase now. Fitz, what is, well, I, 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 let me let me take this in two parts. Number one, what is at issue here? Because we know Tomlin, it was weird before the season started and before the bar fight, right? There was something going on there. He was he was like absent from things, and then all of a sudden he was there at media day or whatever that was, and then you had the bar fight. So is the issue at play in all of this strictly based on the disorderly conduct or is there something else here that is making this more complicated? Well, they, they kind of muddied the water with bringing up NCAA stuff yesterday. Right. that I, I honestly don't understand what they were bringing up. Uh, I, and again, I think his effort now uh, through his, you know, people who believe his side or want to support him is to spread misinformation, which is you know, a great sign of leadership. Um, I've let a, read a lot of false information. Um, I've read a, a information that honestly, if, you know, people need to be aware that they can't just say whatever they want to on Twitter. Um, there are slander laws. So um, I, I just think this has devolved into something really ugly, but yeah, this, this, was, this isn't a good moment for Richard Linden, as I said. It's it's now escalated to the highest level of donors at K State, and uh, his 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 time at K State, even if he survives this, will never be the same. He's altered his own trajectory with this move.
You know, Tim, uh, there's been a lot of talk. You mentioned uh, everybody being loud on social media talking about it. And, of course, the release from Gene Taylor yesterday. The one person that's been very quiet is Jerome Tang. Do you have any kind of indication over the last 24 hours on where Jerome Tang stands on all of this? Uh, we haven't heard any kind of statement from him, nothing on social media, no interviews, nothing like that. Do you have an idea on his mindset right now? Yeah, I do. I mean, not, you know, I, I know Jerome, and uh, I'm not going to say publicly I talked to him because everyone there's a lot of threats being made behind the scenes. So I'll say that uh, they they know the kid screwed up in a way. They know he had legal obligations that had to be addressed. Uh, the last thing Jerome Tang is is soft. The last thing Jerome Tang wants to do is bring in bad people just to win games. Um, but he also doesn't want to make uh, what was legally defined as disorderly conduct as a reason to expel a young man from a, a basketball program. Keep in mind, he's not expelled as a student for this off-campus incident. He's expelled as a basketball player. Um, so it's um, – I think he's hurt because – even while this was going on, they wanted to keep him around his support, you know, structure. They didn't want him to get in a situation where he started to spiral sitting in an apartment alone because now he can't hang out with his teammates. He doesn't have the guidance of his coaches. He's a kid from New York City that's now sitting in the wrong Manhattan um, with no one around him in a, in a really stressful time. But that's what the president wanted. The president wanted him com completely cut loose from the program with no contact. So I, it, I have multiple sources that have told me that uh, there was an incident before the game against Villanova with him and the coaching staff. And after the game, uh, when everyone was celebrated, including Naquan Tomlin climbing into the stands, um, you know, with, with the students, that while we all saw a great basketball victory, um, against a really well-known team, a national brand, a thrilling game, Richard Linton saw a, quote, spectacle to make me look bad. Um, and, and that's just where it's become. It's become about him uh, more than Naquan. Uh, I'm the boss. I'm going to make the decision, even if it's the wrong one, is kind of the indications I'm getting from everyone. And uh, I think, uh, back to Jerome Tang, I think there's just a great deal of dismay and uh, a loss of faith in the leadership above you that is paying your bills, paying your salary. Yeah, I mean, look, I, I, you, you've talked to people. I have not, but I have worked with and seen enough of the administrators at that level act this way that none of that surprises me. Um, it happens all the time, and it, it blows my mind. I, I would say that, you know, that level of college administrator are among some of the largest egos I've ever been around professionally. So that doesn't surprise me. But it also like I, I wouldn't think that that also surprises Jerome Tang. This you know administration has given him a lot of financial support and a lot of other things. Is this really something you think that could compromise the long term future of something that before the last you know 48 hours or so seemed so rock solid? Yeah, yeah, it, there's no doubt. I mean, I'm just, this is something I post on social media. I mean, he's not going to leave over this. Look, if you're in a job where your boss doesn't have your back, your boss undermines you, your boss says, hey, take care of this, and then all of a sudden 
no, you don't get to take care of it. I'm going to do it. Um, if you don't feel like you're supported and you feel like you're under fire, you got to get out of there. And, and I've witnessed this firsthand with Frank Martin and an AD. Um, you know, you, you just can't have a boss that that is undermining your program for their own ego. And, and that's I, I know Richard Linton's convinced himself this is for the university, uh, but really, from what I'm told from those you know that have been privy to a lot of this incident, is that it became about how will this look. And it really was about how does this look for me? I got to be the boss. I got to be in charge. I, I can't let this be Alabama or, you know, another school where these things are shrugged off. And it's like everyone's saying, President, this is a disorderly conduct charge. This was a bar incident off campus. What? No. So it's, it's insanity to me. It's insanity. And, and like I said, I don't think it's over. It's just kind of moving into a new phase. You know, Fitz, uh, I think my most shocking takeaway from all of this, it kind of follows what you said at the top when you mentioned that, you know, Jerome Tang is the furthest thing away from being soft. I think it would be different if Jerome Tang was soft and the president had said, look, I've got to step in because our head basketball coach, you know, isn't willing to throw discipline out, you know, at players when they screw up. He had Will McNair not playing a game what was that last week? Because I guess what he maybe yeah. missed class, right? Like he didn't play in a game yeah. because of that. Like Jerome Tang is probably the the one guy I think of when it comes to consequences for his players and holding standards of a program. And so that's why I think it's so shocking that the president, it looks like has inserted himself into this situation because Jerome Tang has a track record of holding impeccable standards for his program i'm with you man that that's that's i mean that's perfectly put that's why all of us are like uh you know some coaches need to be told no you got to suspend this guy this there was no ever any doubt that he was going to be suspended he needed to be suspended as jerome tang has said many times at press conferences uh if, if you love your children you discipline them when they need to be disciplined. That's part of the structure of loving someone. You want them to become better. Um, and, you know, he's he's pretty adamant that, that this was never going to be, you know, just swept under the rug and ignored. That's not at all what was going to take place. But um, he's already sat, he sat out eight games before the president finally uh, ordered this to, you know, be ended uh, because it's making him look bad. And, and uh you know, I, I just think it's, again, a horribly unfair situation. But the number one thing Jerome Tang wants right now for Naquan is to get his, his degree. To get, he graduates in December. Um, and Naquan, nobody in his family has ever graduated from college. And this would be, you know, generational possibly changing, in, you know, to get that degree. So that's the entire effort at this point. He, he, Naquan's not technically his player anymore. But no man is going to tell Jerome Tang who he can love and care for. And that's that will continue to be Naquan. Well, look, he can transfer and play right away, too, if he wants to. And you kind of hope he does. And, and you know, there's a team right down the road that could probably use a player like him. So we'll, we'll see how that goes. You know, we want the best for him just like everybody else does. The other big story yesterday fits Colin Klein. I, you know, I... 
What? I didn't think I was crazy. <laughs> I didn't think I was crazy when I said Texas A&M money is for real. I don't think to me this doesn't seem, and I'm sure the money is great for Colin Klein. But man, if he goes to A&M, has success for a year or two, he's going to be a head coach in the SEC. Like to me, this yeah. I, I know it stings, but that makes a ton of sense. Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, we still don't know the financial numbers. Uh, you know, there's still been no public announcement from A&M, even though it's it's a done deal. Uh, maybe there has been this morning. I don't know. I'm on the road. Um, but I, we've heard numbers are going to be enormous. Some have whispered it might be the he might be the highest paid college football coach in history um, as of the day of the signing. Someone else in the SEC will up it by a dollar. Um, but you know, I, I I'm say I feel safe. He'll be near doubling his salary, if not well over that, uh, in going. Money's not everything, but let's let's back up and look at this. He got offered by Notre Dame, um, a really good offer by a really good young coach. Uh, we're talking about a guy who's gone to an ag and engineering school who is a very, very strong Christian. I didn't see a Catholic setting as, you know, maybe the most comfortable fit for him. And then he, you know, talked to Penn State. I, I don't know that he was offered. That was part of the report out of Houston. i got to be honest. I don't know that he was offered. I know James Franklin knows it. I mean, he helped recruit him to K-State. Um, so I think there was conversation there. Uh, but uh, he felt like that wasn't a fit. A&M is an ag and engineering school. Um, you know, there's it's kind of a traditional, you know, I don't want to say rural because that's not really right. But when you're an ag and engineering school, you got to feel about you. Uh, and that's I think pretty he felt rural. comfortable. I think he re- yeah, he, I think he really enjoyed Mike Elko. I, I think they hit it off, and everyone around that said that's exactly the kind of guy Colin would like. He's like Chris Kleiman. So um, I think that's, you know, it's a good fit financially, and you nailed it, buddy. If if he has a huge year, if that A&M offense flourishes, and A&M's like a, you know, a breakout program in the SEC, that next SEC job, he's going to be on that short list. And he wasn't going to be that coming out of Kansas State. So there's a lot of good moves here by Colin, and K-State will be just fine. So from a financial point of view, and not even talking about the salaries and all of that, I mean, we know that A&M, generally speaking, has a ton of money, especially when it comes to the NIL efforts and, and all of that. So I, I know that really when you compare any other university for the most part especially outside of the sec to what a&m can offer from an nil perspective it doesn't compare but is there a scenario in your mind where there were and i don't know if there have been any kind of struggles in the nil space at kansas state in this regard but it's clearly got to be a massive step up as far as resources for players from kansas state to you know him moving to a&m if that makes sense yeah, you know, and one of the things that all that the entire coaching staff is going to have to wrestle with at A&M was the overuse of the NIL, uh, you know, collecting players like trophies and not fitting them together in a team atmosphere. The locker room was a mess. The egos were all out of control because most of the roster was all about NIL. How much you get? Um, and that's just not a conducive environment to build a team. Um, and it's, it, unfortunately, I think, was a big miscalculation. But there's no doubt A&M has unlimited resources, apparently, uh, to try to win football. Uh, of course, there's $75 million lighter on that unlimited uh, because of Jimbo Fisher's contract. But uh, they, they are proof that throwing money at problems doesn't fix it. There's you know, often deeper problems here. 
Uh, but, yeah, he's going to be able to get players. Uh, he's going to be out there recruiting the very elite quarterbacks and, you know, the in the high school ranks. And we'll see if uh, – We may have just lost Fitz there. Um, Fitz, do we still have you? Yeah, we may have just lost him. The the, the other part of that, um, Jad, if we can reconnect quickly, I want to ask him about is Avery Johnson, of yep. course. Um, so uh, we'll see if we can't uh, reconnect with Fitz real quick here. I know he's on the road uh, to get that piece. If not, we'll 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 figure it out at a later date. But to the to the stuff with Tomlin prior. I think that, you know, this is this is all very inside baseball, right? There's a lot of things, and, and apparently Fitz is involved in some of that. None of this is out of the realm of things that I've seen before, Tommy, with, with the way that, you know, uh, universities are there. All right, Fitz, do we still have you? Yeah, I apologize. Um, no, you're good. We know you're on the road. Yeah, I, just I can't. I can't before, remember what before I we, before we, before we potentially lose you again. The other piece of this is Avery Johnson. Your reporting, at least yeah. as far as go power cat that I've seen, is everything with Avery for <clears throat> now is rock solid. Is that is that accurate? Good to go yeah. for next year. Yeah. I, I mean, I think we'd have to take everything in one year chunks here, but you know, all good on the Avery front. Yep. Um, if you're not following our YouTube channel, go. Go Paracat YouTube. Uh, get over there. I've got a daily delivery video on this. He's not going anywhere. He's fired up for this opportunity. He's a starting quarterback for the bowl game in the near future at Kansas State. Um, and, you know, he, literally everyone in the quarterback room left uh, because Avery's presence is, is so dominating in terms of skill set. Um, so there's no worry about that. You know, Fitz, I wonder uh, with Klein – you know, I, I, we talked about it the other day, actually yesterday after he made the decision that, you know, he could be, we talked about having a huge year and then being able to be a head coach in the SEC or, you know, somewhere else. I know you know Colin better than obviously we do. Is the ultimate goal for him to be the head coach at Kansas State University or is it to be a head coach at a major program? And, and I wonder, like, we don't know how long Chris Kleiman will be in that position. If that's a, another five years, 10 years, whatever that looks like is Colin motivated to come back to Manhattan to lead the program for a long time, or does he want to be a head coach of just a prominent program? Um, I, I think he would love to be the head coach of Kansas state, but you know, the current head coach just signed an eight year deal. Um, uh, is, is young uh, to me, at least he's young, he's, you know, in his early to mid fifties. Um, but, you know, also, you just never know how a coach feels about the NIL transfer portal environment. Now he's basically managing, you know, you become a general manager of a professional football team as well as being a head coach in some ways. It's just the, the workload is just spiraled out of control for these coaches. Um, but, yeah, I, I, Colin's a head coach. I, I've never doubted that Colin Klein will be a head coach. Just I've doubted when he's quite ready for it to handle all the, all this stuff. Um, and, and again, kind of bringing this full circle, uh, being a great coach or a, a great uh, academic person doesn't mean you're a great leader. It means, you know, you're great at your job that you have now. And somehow that, somehow that makes you elevate to a, a job with completely different responsibilities also that you're completely unproven at. So we'll see how this plays out for Colin and K-State, but 
Chris Kleiman isn't going anywhere. Uh, I think his next move will be retirement. And is that two, eight, 12 years? I don't know. Um, we'll see. But this whole world of college football has changed radically. In, a, in an imaginary world, would Colin Klein leave being the head coach at Mississippi State to come back to K-State? When the whole family comes together to watch the game, nobody wants to miss a second of the action to run to the grocery store. With Instacart, you can get all your weekly groceries in as fast as an hour. Less time shopping means more game time. Let's go. Visit instacart.com to get free delivery on your first three orders. Offer valid for a limited time. $10 minimum per order. Additional terms apply. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. That's a great question. Um, you know, and again, money and fit. You know, does he does, eventually, at some point, the town in which you live begins to feel like home. Um, uh, but, the, you know, that override home. We saw with Brent Venables. Uh, he, you know, he, he always fended things off, and this was his alma mater, and, you know, he grew up an hour away in Salina. So you just never know what the future brings. And uh, I'm happy for Colin. Let's be clear. I'm just, I'm overjoyed for him. He finally found a great opportunity. Uh, and now he's positioned himself uh, to be, you know, a head coach sooner than he would have been out of K-State or at least at a higher level. I think his move out of K-State was, you know, the, the Mountain West or something like that. And now the move out of an SEC coordinator job is a Power 5 job. Yep, I agree. Uh, and maybe a Power 5 job in the SEC. That conference has a history of doing that. Uh, one more thing, Fitz. I, the chances of Will Howard going to A&M feels pretty good to me. They need a quarterback. Theirs got into the portal, too. Uh, well, they're pretty good in their quarterback room. Will Howard is not starved for attention. He has so many options now. I think the problem for Will is deciding all of the, the different options because it's different schools, different systems, different NIL deals. Um, it's, it's insanity what's going on out there. The, the rent a quarterback for a year, uh, as Matt Rule has pointed out, starts at $1.5 million. Um, and that's just pure insanity to me, but go get Not good some for them. bag of cash, Will. Yeah. yeah. No, it's, good for know, them. It's, Insanity. It's insanity. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm, it is. I'm overjoyed for what that's that's so cool. I mean, that's just amazing. Uh, but yeah, it, it also really makes it a tough decision because I know that USC, Washington, Oregon, Kentucky, Miami, uh, Wisconsin, Nebraska, uh, the schools I know of that have well Notre Dame originally have contacted him uh, about you know being their quarterback with different NIL deals. So we'll see how it plays out. He's got a lot of decisions to make.
It makes a, it makes a long and hard-fought career worth it if you don't make it to the NFL. That's what I like about it. All right, Fitz, drive safe. Uh, have fun or not with this uh, situation. Uh, are, are you are you blacklisted? Is that is that where we're at right now? I am 100% rock solid with Kansas State basketball, Kansas State football, and Kansas State athletics. Above that, okay. I, I don't know. But I'm, I'm a believer in uh, free speech, journalism, oh, yeah. and uh, apple pie. I like apple pie. Keep fighting. Fight the power there, Keep fighting the good fight. Yeah, apple pie. Have some extra. Uh, enjoy it. Uh, we'll continue to follow your work. Go powercat.com, at Life of Fitz on social media. Enjoy it. Be good. We'll talk again next week. Yep. We're having a sale right now. Go Powercat. Go check it out. All right. There you go. Check it out. Go powercat.com. Appreciate it. You can hear their podcast, too, as well, as I learned yesterday on the Odyssey app. So that's kind of cool. Uh, but check it out. There's a lot going on there in Manhattan. Yeah. All right. We're going to, we're gonna you know, talk about some other things, maybe, uh, because we do have other things. It's just a really we wacky do? day. I know. I think it's we just, just have a, this. Let's talk about this I, the rest of the hour. I, I mean, we, we probably will. Let's be real, because there's more to break out of it. But we'll, we'll go to your calls, too. 869-1240. K-State fans, chime in on this. Like, what do you think? Even if you're not a K-State fan, just a neutral observer. What are your thoughts on all of this Naquan Tomlin stuff that happened yesterday? Uh, also, let's give away another pair of Shocker basketball tickets, our final pair. Shockers, South Dakota State, Interest Bank Arena, tip-off 6 o'clock Saturday. You can go on us. All right, welcome back, everybody. Sports Daily. Uh, it's been a lot today with what's gone on in Manhattan over the last 24 hours. Uh, the Yankees trade for Juan Soto, Tommy, and a little bit of the, well, I, it, you know what's odd about this? Juan Soto, a generational talent. Any other offseason, this would be like headline craziness, all of these things. Yet this offseason, it's like, okay, neat, they traded for Juan Soto. So what's happening with Shohei Otani? Right? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, like when you can steal the headlines from the Yankees acquiring Juan Soto, if you need to know about the, you know, the the mystique of Shohei Otani, that, that should tell you all you need to know. The Shohei Otani thing is crazy with the amount of silence and secrecy around the free agency and, and the teams that are potentially pursuing him. And I don't know if you read, there was this big article, media members nationally are really, really, really upset about the way that Shohei Otani's camp has made this whole thing happen. Allegedly, or apparently, and I think it was Buster Olney from ESPN reported on this or had a column where he was upset about it, that the representatives for Shohei Otani have allegedly told the teams that are in pursuit of Otani that they cannot talk about it at all. And if they do talk about it publicly, that will hurt their chances of signing Shohei Otani. And so there's been this veil of secrecy around it. Dave Roberts from the Dodgers kind of broke it and kind of talked about it. And there was a lot of speculation that that was going to hurt the Dodgers' chances at signing Otani. But nobody really knows. I think they're down to a handful of players, or a handful of teams, that is, to sign Otani, but nobody exactly knows who the front runner is, who it's going to ultimately be. It, it's it's kind of, I mean, it adds to that mystique of who Otani is and what he can bring to a team. Yeah, I mean, look, there, there's no doubt about it. And I, 
it, the Blue Jays have felt like it for me for a little bit. Some of the other Rangers have bowed out now. The Cubs, uh, I think, are a legitimate possibility. Cubs they might are be probably. Winning. They're not going to go out and get Craig Council as their manager and let David Ross go unless they are they are wanting to yeah. take a massive swing at Shohei Otani. I think Toronto makes the most sense. I have for a long time. I thought, well, <sighs> Toronto, Seattle seemed like a long shot because I thought they may be tearing it down, and I think they probably are. The Rangers were a legit possibility. Don't kid yourself. But Toronto makes so much sense because they need it, yeah. right? Like, they've been close. It is an unreal fan base in a huge market that people don't— Like, Toronto's massive, man. And I, I spent some. I spent a week there, and that fan base is awesome. And they are, like, they, they are Blue Jay crazy— it's a team that has been trying for a long time to get back to its former glory, and it's a team loaded with young talent, too. So it's not like you bring Shohei in and you're, you know, like, if I'm Shohei and the money's the same, where do I have a better chance, realistically, do I think, to win a World Series? With the Cubs or with the Blue Jays? And I know the Blue Jays play in the division of the gauntlet that is the the AL East, but, man, with all the young talent they have there and, you know, assuming if you're Shohei that you're going to be able to come back and pitch at some point, Toronto does make a lot of sense. They do, it'll give them the best lineup in baseball, probably. Uh, they'll, you know, the Rangers and some others will have – the Astros will have something Yankees to say about that. Yankees maybe they're now that. with Juan Soto. Yeah, uh, but but it'll put you right there. And, and it's a really cool city. Um, I don't think Shohei Otani cares about going to Canada. He's a – you know, he's a he's – a, He's got a. He's not going to be in his home country whether he's playing in the states or in Canada. So what? What difference does it make? You know. Um, so I. I don't know. I. I've always thought Toronto made a lot of sense. I, if I had to bet money on it, and I don't know if there's. I'm sure there's a line on it. I'd bet Toronto, uh, and I would have bet Toronto for. We haven't really talked about it. We haven't really talked about any of the baseball offseason. The Rule Five draft happened. All these things happen. But I don't know. It's been interesting. But it just fascinates me that Juan Soto gets traded to the Yankees, and and it's like meh. Okay. Well, yeah, and you're you know now you're pairing up Juan Soto with Aaron Judge uh, in that lineup, and you know the one thing that I saw a lot of people talking about after that trade uh, happened was that you've got Yankee Stadium with kind of the short porch and right field, and that's kind of tailor made for Juan Soto's game, and so you could see you know potentially big time. Uh, production from Soto in that lineup with the protection around him. Um, so, I, I mean, I do think it's a good spot. I always hate it when, you know, the Yankees go and do huge blockbuster things. I just, you know, I, I can't stand it. But it made sense. I actually thought uh, last week the Mariners, they sort of unloaded, uh, you know, some players in a, in a salary dump. They traded Jared Kalelnik uh, and a couple of other players. I kind of thought, okay, maybe they're – ramping up their pursuit of Shohei Otani. Maybe they're going to trade for Juan Soto. That hasn't happened. And so, you know, as of now, it's Juan Soto to the Yankees. And, man, who knows where Shohei Otani will end up. It's kind of interesting because I, I've read all along about what the Angels are doing in wanting to try to retain Shohei Otani. And it kind of seems like their strategy is just crossing their fingers and hoping that he decides he wants to come back. And I, I think that's unlikely. Yeah, no, he ain't coming back to the Angels. No, um, I don't know. We'll see. We'll, we'll we'll follow it. I think the Blue Jays would be a fun fit. The only thing about it is, you know, he's not going to have the impact off the field as far as like marketability and all that stuff if he goes to Toronto. But I mean, how much of that do you need when you're making 
600 million i'd love to see him in chicago i would love to see him as a chicago cub big cool fit you know and and look at be good for look at that division you know as it stands right now the brewers obviously they you know they lose craig council um but it sounds like they're kind of they're in a little bit of a rebuild right now rumors are that they could be trading corbin burns this offseason the cardinals are kind of in a rebuild they were underwhelming last season you got the Reds who are exciting, they're young, but they're probably a step or two away, I think, from legitimately competing, and then the Pirates are the Pirates. So, I mean, that's a winnable division with Craig Council at manager there. If you pair up him and Shohei, that'd be a lot of fun. It would be. Um, it would be, well, I, look, Shohei's, I mean, he's he is still this unicorn. Even if he never pitches again, he's going to hit, yeah. right? And I think he will pitch again. It may be a defensive different role, but I, I mean, I don't know. It's it like the entire baseball offseason. And I've heard others say this, and they're right. Like the entire baseball offseason is just like held hostage by this. But I haven't, pay, I'm, I, I, you know, I missed that my Rangers signed Kirby a couple of days ago. You know, the reliever that could really help them, but. Rule five draft yesterday. We got the we got the Major League Baseball draft order. The Royals get six. Um, I'm not sure what their odds. Where where were their odds at to get like four? I think or three maybe. Uh, but they get six. You got you know two two teams that were long shots to get it in that lottery in Cleveland uh, getting the top pick, which is interesting. I I'm in on the draft lottery. I like it. Um, I do think it will curtail some of the tanking. I think. I hope. Uh, but I do like the lottery. I I, I think that. Um, it will be fun for baseball. Um, anything else in baseball that, that, that that's of relevance? No, I don't know. I mean, rule five guys. Yeah. The only eh. thing that I'll, I'll say about the draft, and this is a different conversation for a different day. I think major league baseball has a, a draft issue and it's not necessarily about the tanking. It's just the level of interest in it because you, you these teams are drafting players that they're never going to see, not never going to see, but it's going to be a while before you more than likely see them playing for the major league team. So it's hard to really get locked in, at least in my opinion, for the major league baseball draft, maybe outside of the first couple of picks, because you know, like it's going to be a couple of years, you know, maybe before you ever see these guys in the big leagues, if at all. But but they're never going to be able to solve that problem, right? Like you can't, you can't fix that. That's just, that's just the I'm sport. just saying I have a hard time locking into it just solely oh, because I have a, of yeah, that no, but, but nothing they can do. I mean, the lottery will so help. So like you're talking then, about the draft then, lottery, and I'm like, I don't really care. I don't care. It doesn't matter. Well, I, I don't – I'm not like I, – I care because it could impact, you know, ultimately the team down the road. It's not like I'm like – I can't, Maybe. I don't watch it, though. Maybe it will. It will. I mean – By the way, and this is a total – did we ever talk about this? I don't know that we did. This is like left field. Speaking of the lottery, it had it on my mind. Everybody hated the Royals draft pick, right? I couldn't stand it. As I'm watching the postseason this year with the Rangers, I had forgotten Evan Carter. You know, the the super, everybody loves Evan yeah. Carter. So if you remember back to the COVID draft, Evan Carter was drafted in I, either in the first or the second round, and the Rangers were railed for that pick. He wasn't even on big boards. So, like, the websites didn't even have him in their top 200 or whatever. Like, that's how out of left field that pick was. And, and I mean, like, worst pick of all time. Who is this? Nobody even knows who it is. He's not even on our list. We don't even have the video queued up for him. We don't have anything. And that's that was Evan Carter, by the way. So, 
you know, it just maybe a, a you know, ray of sunshine potentially for the Royals if, you know, don't. It's not always. You talk about the uncertainty of the MLB draft. Sometimes, I mean, you never know even if they are supposed to be the best guy. I mean, the Royals and, and the Rangers and many, plenty of others have taken guys that were can't miss, sure things that miss all the time. And then Evan Carter ends up being what he is, and he's going to be a star. You know, there's obviously a lot of talent that, you know, they realized in him. But I would also gather that there was some good development of him also, which that's been something the Royals have lacked in their farm system, as we all know, for a so, long time. So have the Rangers. So have the Rangers. But, you know, it just it just as far as picking players, just to your point of how yeah. unpredictable it is and how hard that makes it, that example jumped to the forefront during the postseason. I was like, Evan Carter is the guy that they drafted that nobody had like that. It all like came flooding back to me because he'd been a, you know, he, he had elevated through the system for a while, but I had forgotten that too. That yeah. Was. And anyway. they look like you're going to have the NFL draft and the NBA draft. And you know, you're going to see a majority of those guys. We right know away. these players, right? Yeah. There are, you know, in the major league baseball draft, it could be five years and you're like, Oh my God, I forgot about that guy. I got, yeah. he was drafted. Half a decade ago, and here he is yep. finally playing in the big leagues. Like that, I have a hard time even paying any attention to the Major League Baseball yeah. draft. And I love baseball. I, I love Major yeah, League Baseball, but I have a hard time. I watch that. it because I enjoy it. But yeah, it's not the same. It's not. All right, eight six nine twelve forty is the number to call. Uh, let's do a giveaway here, Jad. Let's do. Um, Jad, what do you want to give away? You pick. What do you want to give away here? What do we need to give away right now? I don't know. Let's say let's say Illuminations. Okay. Illuminations yeah. at Botanica with over 2 million lights. Illuminations has been ranked among the top 10 in light shows across the country. A 62-foot Christmas tree you don't want to miss in the new Candyland storybook Gingerbread House. A pair of tickets right now to Illuminations at Botanica to our first caller to the IHOP hotline, 869-1240. We'll come back with more Sports Daily right after this. All right, uh, welcome back, Sports Daily. Did you see Marquette House, Texas, last night? Like the Big Twelve is just crushing it this year for everybody except Marquette. That's pretty, like that's kind of how it's looked to me. Like Mark, it's it's the Big Twelve and it's Marquette apparently because they have they've now beaten Texas and Kansas bad. And you know if you look. Just at the college basketball standings, and you look at the Big 12 right now, you've got still, uh, I mean, give me two seconds. There are a number of unbeaten teams still in college basketball. These are the list of unbeaten teams just in the Big 12. Baylor, Houston, BYU, Oklahoma, TCU, and Cincinnati, Tommy, have not lost games yet. And then you've got Kansas, right? And then you've got Texas, also in that mix, among others who are still going to be really good. But like the Big 12 is off to a great start. The only teams that are not like looking good, like, I mean, like, like very good, are Oklahoma State and West Virginia. Those are the only two teams right now. Everybody else looks good to me. Well, and then by the way, if you add in the teams that will be joining the Big 12 next year, you've got Arizona right now at number one, right. Kansas at number two, and Houston at number three. So you've got boom, 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 Big 12 or future Big 12 teams all in the top three. Marquette, you mentioned last night beating Texas. That was a good bounce back for them. They lost by 11 to Wisconsin on Saturday. Uh, And so that was good. You know, a team that had been 
around the top five in the top five. Uh, they had dropped down to number eight after the loss to Wisconsin. That was a good bounce back for them by not only beating Texas, but dominating Texas by 21. Man, I, uh, the, man, just crazy. Crazy, crazy, crazy. Tyler Kolek, uh, by the way, um, I, I don't know if he's going to get the recognition as one of the top players in the country. I don't know if he's on. I haven't looked at like Naismith watch lists and things like that. I know you've got players like Hunter Dickinson and Zach Eady and others that are probably on that list. If Tyler Kolick isn't on the list for Marquette, he should be. I mean, he, he's looked incredible this season. By the way, Wisconsin's good. Like, they're real good. They are. They've, they've made me a little bit of money. They keep getting under undervalued. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice, and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Love the flexibility of working in all sorts of places? Well, working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network like T-Mobile. We have America's largest 5G network, so whether you're on a video call at the park or uploading large files at a coffee shop, we have the 5G speed you need. Whatever takes you on the go, T-Mobile's got you covered. Find out more at T-Mobile.com slash network today. Coverage not available in some areas. See 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. And Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Valued, I think, in the college basketball space. We, we're, we're in this weird gap. I don't like it. Uh, we're in a weird gap here uh, without games until Saturday, right? I don't think any of the three play until Saturday, and I don't like it. That's the one problem with early week games is you have this big gap in you between. Got a, you got a big KU-Missouri border war at Allen Fieldhouse on Saturday to look forward to. Yeah, KU's going to crush him. Okay. KU's going to crush him. All right. Yeah, I, I, we don't have that line yet. I, I think KU's going to crush him. They, they play well. They play up to the – and I don't know how good Missouri is. I thought Missouri looked fine against Wichita State. Um, I think that they're going to be an okay team. I think they're a borderline tournament team, and I think KU is going to smash them this weekend. I just – at Allen Fieldhouse, you kidding? Like, that that place is going to be nuts. And KU – like, it's easy for KU to get up for that game. They're, they're going to roll in that game. Well, they rolled uh, against the Tigers in Columbia a year ago, if memory serves. Yeah, I don't think they're going to win by 40 or whatever right. it was. Yeah. But but they're going to they're gonna beat them again. I mean, I don't – I'm pretty confident there. And we'll see what the line is. My guess – I would guess that line ends up at 12 and a half. I probably. still don't know if I would take that. Not that I have – I wouldn't take – 
not that I don't have confidence in the in the Jayhawks against Missouri, but we talked yesterday about the struggles that the Jayhawks have in covering a number. And you know, they're, well, they're, in covering they're a number four, against four bad five, teams, but in general, they're four and five against the spread this season in their nine games. You know, they're under. Well, they would have covered it against. They would have covered it against Tennessee and UConn and Kentucky, though. So you know, like the 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 big time games they have played is when they have really stepped up. How, how by the way, Naquan Tomlin can play at once he graduates right away. He hadn't played this year. You think Kansas would have any interest there? Um, I don't want to get in trouble. Uh, yeah, I mean, I I would, I would absolutely. Um. I think that things would burn down if Naquan Tomlin went to the University of Kansas. Uh, let me just leave it at that. Let me say this. It's a fit. It makes sense. And it's easy, right? And if Naquan Tomlin now has a bone to pick, which of course he will, and it why would be, not? It would be the greatest troll job in the history of troll jobs from the University of Kansas to their rivals to the West. You know what KU could use? A fifth starter uh, that can play defense, maybe some length, right, that can create offensively. Hmm. Interesting. We'll uh, we'll take a look at that uh, as as we progress. He's going to play somewhere, I think. I hope. God, I hope he does. Uh, so we'll, 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 keep, we'll just keep it. Just, you know, just, just something to ponder out there. 869-1240, we'll come back. We'll wrap it up tell you what's on tap next. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Celebrate and save at Ashley's Anniversary Sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep Mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. We all agree that reducing carbon emissions is a good thing. And once again, Toyota is leading the way. We hear a lot about fully electric vehicles, and Toyota has them, with more coming in. But we also know a BEV is not for everyone, whether it's because of cost, range, or concern about finding a charging station when you need it. Plus, the raw materials used to manufacture batteries are limited. Enter Beyond Zero, Toyota's vision for a carbon-neutral future in vehicles, and in manufacturing plants, too, in the years ahead. The materials used to make just one long-range battery for an EV could be used to make batteries for six plug-in hybrids or 90 gas-electric hybrids. That's why Toyota's position today is electrified, diversified, empowering you to choose how to reduce your own carbon footprint with the vehicle that's right for you, a hybrid, plug-in hybrid, or battery EV. So shop, learn more, and get details at toyota.com slash beyond zero. Toyota, let's go places.